You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. To deliver the word of God tonight, amen? Hallelujah. Black Panthers loose. Hallelujah. There will be no challenge today. Y'all ain't seen Black Panther? (laughs) Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Amen. God is good. We have a nice turnout tonight. And so um, just grateful to be in the house of the Lord and uh, grateful to be around all of my church family tonight. In God good church. Come on, give God some praise. Listen, I know we're, I know there's some folks going through some things in the house and uh, as many people are around the world. Um, but it's just great to be able to come into the house of the Lord and lay those things at the altar. Um, and all of us need to do that from some time or the other. Amen. And so I just want to... Uh, just celebrate you all for being able to come out. And for those that aren't here, just continue to pray for them. Amen. Uh, people are working. Uh, some people are struggling. And so we want to just continue to pray for them. Amen. Um, first of all, I just want to give honor to God who is the author and finisher of my faith. Uh, without God, I am nothing. Um, I'm nothing more than just dry bones. Um, amen. I also want to give uh, honor to our pastors, Pastor Art and Pastor Maria. Let's give God some praise for them just for a minute. Um, you know, they're, they're incredibly humble, and they don't ask for much. Um, and that's a, that's, a, a wonder, that's a wonderful thing to have uh, leaders that can just sit with you. You know, on Sunday, I, um, I was here, and I just had the opportunity to sit after our leadership meeting or our servanthood meeting and, and really talk to Pastor Art and just the way that he listened. Um, you don't get that everywhere. You know, there are churches that have 20 and 30,000 people where the pastor runs out the back door. Come on, somebody. And so praise be to God that we have uh, a pastor that takes the time, that knows your name um, and cares about your soul and watches for your soul. Um, And so uh, that is something that is not to be taken lightly. Uh, So we celebrate you for that, man of God. God bless you. Um, I want to just give honor to every leader. And most of all, um, I'm grateful to have uh, my family here, my wife, um, who is here. This is the first time she's Listen to me preaching quite a while, and so I'm just grateful to have her here. I love you, baby. Amen. Thank you. I got, we got our little chipmunk in the back. She's terrorizing. You know, she climbed the stairs today, and I had never seen that before, and I'm like, okay, so I can't sit and watch Netflix no more (laughs) while she's crawling around. I got to be behind her at every, because she might be up the stairs now. Amen. And so, uh, you know, uh, fatherhood is a lot of fun, but with that is a lot of responsibility. How many fathers we got in the house, amen? I saw some fathers like, give that look like. <laughs> but it is a lot of responsibility, but um, it is a godly responsibility, and so I don't take it lightly. Um, and so I just, I'm really grateful to uh, have them. You know, you know, in thinking about fatherhood, you know, I've been thinking a lot about our, our, you know, mantra for the year, the voice. And it's interesting. I hope I don't run into that getting excited, because that would be really bad. Um, But, you know, we talk a lot about the voice. And, um, you know, I thought about that growing up, uh, you know, just really uh, 
trying to understand the voice of God. And, you know, I think, you know, from early on, you know, people that were saved and, and all of those things, they would, they would say to me, you know, uh, the voice of God is like the voice of, of, of a father. And, you know, that was troublesome for me because my father wasn't in my life, you know. And some of us have experienced that. You know, my father was not in my life. And so my grandfather, he was in my life, but he died um, at a pivotal age when really I began to understand what the world looked like and how the world was shaped. Uh, he, you know, he died when I was 10 years old. And that's a very pivotal age for a young man. And so uh, for the next probably 25 to if not 27 years, uh, I began to look for voices uh, that resembled what a father should be. But how many know that that can be trouble? That can be trouble. And I think all of us, if we're to be honest tonight, have experienced that at some point, uh, that we are looking for something and we're trying to listen for something. Uh, but the most important thing is, is when you are in God, uh, it takes time to really understand the voice of God. Amen? And I really want to talk about that tonight because um, as, I'm, as I'm ministering on this, I'm reminding myself what it was like, amen, uh, to be a young boy trying to understand uh, what the voice of a father was. I did not have a father in the home to, you know, to call my name out and to tell me to come inside or to, or son, I need you to, to, to remember that when you're, when you're shaving, you go upward instead of downward. I didn't have that. Uh, but, you know, there was a time that came in my faith walk that God said, and I remember this like it was yesterday, audibly, he said, I am going to be your father. And when I heard that, my life changed. Uh, but it took time for me to understand that. Uh, it took time for me to understand that God, when, when God is your father, uh, oftentimes he doesn't come to us in a way that, that we always understand. But he does come on time. Amen. Come on, somebody. Uh, and so what we have to remember is, is that when we're working out understanding the voice of God, we have to be patient. Um, and so as I'm ministering tonight, I'm reminding myself of that. But that's really what I want to talk about, the voice of God. Amen. Our scripture comes out of 1 Samuel uh, 3, and I'm going to read quite a bit. So you can uh, tune in. It's uh, 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 21. That's 1 Samuel uh, 3, 1 through 21. I'll try to read as quickly as possible and as timely as possible. Amen? When you get there, just say amen. Take your time. That's 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 21. Hallelujah. God, I thank you tonight. That's 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 21. And it reads as such, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Uh, there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was laying in his usual place. The lamp of God had yet gone out and was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel, Samuel answered, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but had yet revealed to him. A third time called Samuel, here I am. Then Eli 
realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord. Somebody say, speak, Lord. Uh, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down, Lord, as Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is like the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli from beginning to end. For I told him that I would spend his for the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or Samuel, rather, lay down until the house of Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Son, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he told you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Uh, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet to the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Thank you for being patient. Come on, church, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your voice resonating in the lives of your people. Lord, we need to open up our ears. There are people in this church that are under attack. But, Lord, you are a sovereign God, and your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I ask that your word would come alive in the lives of your people, that people's lives would be changed, that they would be healed, set free, and delivered. Lord, if our hearts are not right, forgive us. Let, us re let our repentance be acceptable in your sight. Most of all, Lord, we ask that you would take control of the atmosphere in the name of Jesus, that you would open this place up, that people would be able to receive like never before. Most of all, Lord, I am just a man. I ask that you would place me under subjection, that there would be less of me and more of you. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I got a question tonight. Who will we run to? Who will we run to? Yeah, see, you know, understanding God's voice uh, is often coupled with mystery. Uh, and as we grow in God with each new circumstance that we are, are often presented with, it gives us a unique opportunity to listen for his voice. Uh, and because it is a vital part of our faith walk and what we go through, amen, to listen for God's voice is the best option we have within our Christian journey. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, it is evidence that God is working in us to seek him even when we may not necessarily understand what is readily going on. Uh, to listen for God's voice is proof that we are maturing, and watch this, and that we are submitted under the authority of the Almighty. Uh, when we seek his voice, uh, we are in fellowship with God, even when his spoken word is not always comfortable to us. Uh, see, and when we are truly resting in his voice like we should be, the enemy is on notice that his words are nothing more than white noise. Yeah, see? Yeah, see? However, one thing is for certain, 
it takes time to truly discern the voice of the Lord. And from where we are standing, more time than not, it can seem like a lifetime to understand. Uh, for me, it took many years, for, for over a couple of decades. And what I'm learning is, Pastor Art, is that most people battle with three voices. God's voice, their own voice, and Satan's voice. Yeah, see, they got three voices that they're often contending with. Uh, and as Christians, the voice of the flesh is very cunning. You see, usually, I want you to get this, church, the enemy of our soul will try to draw us into something that we have no business entertaining. On the other hand, we tell ourselves what we want to hear, and we pass it off as holiness. Yeah, see, uh, and somewhere in the midst of it all, watch this, is a still small voice calling us to walk in truth and in power, and yet, ironically, this is the most shunned of all three voices. Oh, yeah, see, I'm here to ask us a question tonight. Who will we run to? Who will we run to when our lives become unmanageable and we no longer can, can get the things that we need? Who will we run to when things seem dark and we are yearning for general direction? Uh, who will we run to uh, when we are seeking to better understand the will of God for our lives? Uh, who will we run to when God is ready for us to walk in our destiny? Uh, see, who will we run to uh, when friends try to play the role of God and make our situation worse? I'm trying to ask somebody in the house tonight, who will you run to? Because, see, here's the thing. God is not the author of confusion. That's what the Bible says, that he is not the author of confusion. He calls to us in a clear voice, but the question we must ask ourselves is which voice are we running to? Okay. You see, the prophet Samuel wasn't always so sure of God's voice. Uh, before he was a prophet of the living God, he was just a boy serving under the prophet by the name of Eli. He was a young man. Now, what we have to readily understand is this, that God's word had become quiet in the three century of rule by judges. Uh, and by the time Eli walked the earth, there were no prophets speaking God's words among Israel. Why? Because God was not talking to them. Yeah, see? But here is the twist. Eli nor his sons were in fellowship with our God anyway. Yeah, see, Eli himself uh, had become corrupt, and his sons were bandits before the eyes of the Lord. And here was a boy by the name of Samuel. He wasn't no more than, he couldn't have been no more than 15 years old. This was a young man who had not even heard the voice of God. But watch this, and yet he was laying down in the temple by the ark, of, was quiet and dark, not falling. But get this, church, the first thing that if we are going to understand this thing, we must grab is that, is that when, we, when it is dark, we have to get, our, get on our faces and stay still. When it is darkness all around, we have to get on our faces and stay still. See, there are going to be some times uh, when it seems like God is silent. But I'm here to tell you tonight uh, that in our moments of wonder, amen, where he is or where, what is he doing, that we must really be still. Because when we are still, he is really at work. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever walked into a dark room and hurried to turn the light on? 
You ever walked into a dark room and it seemed like the hair stood on the back of your neck? It's like you could feel something, right? Oh, I know everybody in here is tough, right? Y'all the Black Panther, okay. <laughs> or have you ever walked into a house when it was pitch dark and you hurried to find the nearest switch and you couldn't get to it quick? You was, yeah, see? It was an eerie feeling, wasn't it? It was an eerie feeling to be in darkness, just like when we are seeking God and we can't hear him. Come on, somebody. You see, it becomes eerie to us when we can't hear from God. Uh, but I am a believer that when we stay still and pray in the darkness, that's when really when God will begin to speak. Come on, somebody. You know, when I was young in the Lord and, and I couldn't have been saved no more than a year, the one thing that I'm so grateful that I learned uh, at the church that I got saved at is that all the brothers, like once a month, like, like one Friday a month, would shut in. And, and, and we would stay in the church uh, for about two nights. And if it was during the holidays, we would stay in for But we learned how to pray. And can I tell you, we didn't have two pennies to rub together. We didn't have no money. We didn't have anything. We was barely making rent. We couldn't pay card notes. We, we had trials and tribulations. Folks was leaving us, our family members, everything. But can I tell you something? We had to learn how to get on our faces, church. This is what we did in the midst of the darkness. We just got on, the, we got on our faces and began to pray. Can I tell you something? Many of us, if we are going to survive on our faith walk, we have to learn to get in a posture of prayer because that is what is going to sustain us. Come on, give God some. Listen, there was, I want you to get this tonight. There was significance in Samuel laying down by the ark of God. Now see, watch this. What is so profound is that the ark represented covenant with the Lord. And yet something so holy and sovereign was in a space where God was not really speaking to his people. That's what's so crazy. Samuel was resting by the Ark of the Covenant anyway, right? Not even necessarily understanding the voice of God. Church, we have to rest in his authority even when we can't hear him. To rest in his authority is to understand fully that we are not in control, that we are not in control. You see, when we rest, we recognize that his will is perfect for our lives. How many believe that his will is perfect for your life? Now, you know, God saw you raise that hand, right? Let me give you an example. There are two types of people on airplanes. There are those like my wife who are able to rest on flights because they recognize that there is something greater going on than what they can readily control, okay? And then there are some folks like me who grip the back of the seat uh, because they have not yet conceded that someone or something is controlling the situation. Yeah, I'm going to tell them myself. Now watch this. Samuel was a boy who had not yet heard from God, and yet he had great reverence because of where he rested. <laughs> Church, and yet many of us claim to hear from God every day, and still we do not rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, somebody. See, God has given us his promises, church. As Brother Garrett would say, he's given us over 3,000 promises in the text, right? And yet our rest is often hindered because of what is going on in our lives. Our giants are often bigger than our God because we make them that way. Yeah, see, that's why the Bible declares that he will grant you peace that surpasses what? All understanding. 
See, here's the thing that you need to understand tonight, church. He, Samuel had no real understanding of God's voice, uh, but yet he was at peace and didn't have full understanding. Uh, we have to submit to that peace even when we don't hear him. You know, and, and this is the thing about, about trials and tribulations. Uh, when trials and tribulations become uh, unmanageable or what we perceive as unmanageable, um, our ears get a little clogged. Have you ever had a little bit of wax in your ears? Yeah, I just recently had my ears cleaned. That's probably more information than you wanted, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. But I just recently had my ears cleaned. My wife's like, don't start talking about that. But, but you, no, she didn't clean them. But, <laughs> no, I went and got it done professionally. But, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, is that, you know, when, when we're going through trials and tribulations, those ears start clogging up. And then when they finally do get a little bit loose, can I tell you something? We want it to, we, we want it to feel good. It start, we want something sweet to be said to us. You know what? I know you quit that job, but, but it's okay. You, you'll find another one. You know what? You know what? I, I understand that, that, that you're going through, so why don't you go ahead and pick up that joint? You know, I know you're going through a little something, something, but hey, can I tell you something? You know what? That beer will be a lot better with your situation. Now, you know, I know we got some folks in here that, that, that may struggle in certain areas, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that when you are going through trials and tribulations, if you will just rest in God and not rest in things, your breakthrough will happen. Come on, give God some praise. Listen, after a while, and this is what we need to understand, God will speak audibly to us, but the, but the trick is it's after a while. It's not always according to our timeline. That's the hardest thing to remember in, on our faith walk, is that it's not predicated on our time, but on God's time. That's a hard thing to remember. You talk to folks that have been saved for a long time, they've been through a lot of things, but the one thing I always hear them say is, we just had to wait. We had to wait on God. And that's hard sometimes when you're hurting. But after all of the scars from our trials and tribulations, church, who then will we run to? That's a question you have to ask for yourself. You see, Samuel ran to a voice that he was familiar with, not knowing it was God. Uh, the text says, Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said this. He said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And in many ways, church, I want you to get this. Uh, in many ways, those of us who have heard will run to a voice that we are familiar with. But can I tell you something? That voice we're familiar with is not God. And that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a, a testament against us when we do that. Eli rejected Samuel the first time he came to him. That's a fact. He told him to go back and lay down. And church, many of us have experienced the voice of God, except we will go back and risk rejection over and over again from people before running to the source, which is God. You know, that takes me to my second thing that I want to tell you tonight is that if we are going to run, at least run with purpose. You got to run with purpose. Yeah, see? You, you know, we just can't run anywhere. We have to run to the only one who can help us. Now, this is what the text says. I'm not going to read all of it. The text said uh, that Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and said, and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Yeah, see, church, until God reveals himself to our situation, 
we run the risk of running in circles. How many of us are, are runners in here? Des, I know you're a runner. My wife has started running here just recently. This is the thing, Des. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a secret. Listen, I was a 400 runner in high school. And, and, and I, I, my wife is like, you're getting ready to tell this story. But look, I was a 400, and I was pretty good. In fact, I was really good. I could run the 400 in under, under 49 seconds. So that was, that, that was, it was a pretty competitive time. But, you know, it's, it's a thinking man's race and a thinking woman's race when you're running the 400. You see, the 200 meters fools everybody because the track doesn't seem as big as you think it does until you start running it. The first 200 meters, people go out there like they're Usain Bolt. Oh, but you got 200 meters left. And, and, and something happens to you when you get into that last 100 meters or, or last 50 meters. They call it the bear. And the bear jumps on your back. And by that time, you can't think anymore. You can't do anything. And here's the worst thing of it all. You can hear footsteps behind you when the bear has finally jumped on your back. Now, early on, before, before I really understood how to run the race, watch this. The bear came on my back quite a bit. But eventually, I learned how to sustain myself, right? Now, here, here, here's what I want you to understand about that. Uh, when we run to him, church, we have to tune our ears and eyes to the source, which is God, just like a 400 runner. Because, see, here's the thing about a 400 runner. When he gets to looking at the mark, he has a better chance of succeeding rather than listening to the footsteps behind him. And that's just like us, church. Let me tell you something. What, what happens to us more time than not is that we get to listening to things we have no busy business listening to instead of keeping our eyes on the source, which is God. Oh, come on, church. Listen. Listen. You know, otherwise, we could find ourselves running towards the wrong things. You know, after being called a third time, Eli gave Samuel a mandate and told him to lie down. And if God called to him again to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, this is what the text says. So Samuel went and laid back down, and God spoke again. Uh, only this time, he stood right next to Samuel. So Samuel didn't have to run off. You know what he did? God got right up on Samuel this time. Yeah, see? Because, see, God knows us. We'll keep running in circles. Uh, and here's the thing, Praise Chapel. When there is a divine call on your life, and there's some divine calls in this house tonight. When there's a divine call on your life, God has a way of getting your attention and getting in your space when you can't run anymore. He has a way of doing that. He has a way of blocking. You ever, ever watch basketball and you see somebody guarding like that? God can do that to you. But what you don't want is for him to start putting his hand down on you because it's not always comfortable. But God knows how to get in your space to really get your attention. Is there anybody in here tonight where God is in your space and it's not really comfortable? Can I tell you something? God is working something in you, and you have to be able to readily accept that thing. See, he has a way of making his orders and his mandate plain to us. And when God has a call on your life, uh, amen, he can get your attention like nobody else. Uh, and this is what you need to understand about Samuel, going back to the text. Samuel would eventually stop running and found himself at the foot of the master. And some of us need to stop running. When we stop running and call on God, just like Samuel did, God will meet us where we are at. It's just that simple, church. 
Can I tell you, that, that's the, I'm not preaching long, and I'm going to go to my last thing I want to tell you. And that's one thing. At the end of the day, when you're done running and you're tired and the bear done jumped on your back, the only, th- only thing you can do, call on him. That's all you can do is call on him, church. That's the last thing. You could just, all you can do is call on him. And see, here's the thing. Uh, what was so special about Samuel was that he was just a boy. He was just a child. Uh, but, but as soon as he called on God, amen, his purpose was revealed. My God. Uh, and let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how old you are, uh, where you come from, what school you go to, how much money you make, none of that, right, amen? Uh, if we seek him and in spirit and in truth, he will position us for his glory. That's what he'll do, church. He'll position you for his glory. But you have to be willing by calling on him. Now get this. The Bible declares in the last part of the text uh, that the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. My God, church. Praise chapel. Can I tell you something? God revealed his word to Samuel. He revealed it to him, even in the house of God where the prophet Eli rested. Now, Eli was supposed to have all this experience, but as apprentice that God was speaking to that didn't have any experience. But why? He called on him. See, Eli had stopped calling on God. Eli had become corruptible. Let me tell you something. People are dangerous when they no longer call on God. When you are in a state where all you do is call on what you, on what you think you have and what you think you know, you're in a bad place. Let me tell you, when I was, when I was living in Florida, um, right out of school, right out of college, I, w- I was making a little bit of money. And boy, I thought I was, I was top dog. I was living above a Starbucks. I was living in a condo with a buddy of mine. We was going to Tampa Bay Bucks games and we was, we was hanging out with, with uh, professional athletes and movie stars and all that, right? And then one day, I got a pink slip in the mail. It said, hey, man, your services are no longer needed at this job. And the car that I was renting and the house that I was staying in and all of that seemed like overnight was gone. But I had put my eyes on the supply instead of the source. And that's what happens, church. Can I tell you something? Oftentimes, when we no longer listen, we're no, no, no longer listening to God. What happens is more time than not, we've got our eyes on stuff we ain't got no business really paying attention to. And most importantly, our ears are closed, even when God is trying to speak. See, here's the thing. God does speak to his people. But more time than not, we don't want to listen because it's not comfortable. Man, listen. Eli was not worthy, church. He was not worthy, and God spoke to Samuel and told him so. Eli had stopped calling on God and became corrupted, like I just said, and the Lord used a boy to prophesy his judgment. Don't ever get in a space. Have you ever been in a space where, where how many of you got children, and you knew you, you, you knew you was out of order or something, you did something at the house that you have no business doing, and they repeated it to you? They said, Mommy, why, Daddy, why you do that? You know? That's basically what happened. Eli was like, uh, was like Samuel's father. And here, the father was corrupted, and the son spoke that very thing to Eli. 
that his demise was coming. And he was a child. Don't be surprised in the last days, church, where people who are speaking truth to power are young and vibrant. Don't be surprised if you see somebody in their teens speaking God's word. And see, here's the thing. A lot of times when, 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 we're, when we're in church and when we are in the kingdom, we, we believe that you have to be a certain way and act a certain way. I believe in this next revival, God is going to use some people. You're going to be like, man, they using him? That's, I believe that wholeheartedly. I really do. You better get ready, y'all. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm so scared I'm going to hit that thing. <laughs> Listen, the Lord used a boy to prophesy his judgment. I'm almost through, y'all. Y'all can come. Some of us are running in here. I'm going to take a minute for this. I suggest we stop running and start calling on God. Let me say something. There are some supernatural gifts in here. There are some people that God has called to prophesy, lay hands on the sick. There are people that God has, there, there are some people in here who God has called to preach the, the good news. Uh, there are people who are called to encourage. Uh, there are people who are called to be missionaries. All of those things are in this place. But what good is it if you keep running around in circles like this? Like this. That's what happens. You start getting fearful. You start letting life happen on life's terms. And then more time than not, when that happens, we no longer become profitable to the gospel because we try to talk ourselves out of it, that, th that second voice I was talking about. Remember, there's God's voice, there's our voice, and there's Satan's voice. Yeah, see, man, I pray that if you have a call on your life and a destiny on your life in here, that you will stop running, that you will call on God, because I'm going to tell you something. Woe unto you if you don't do that thing and you have to give account of it when you get before God. Church, we have to stay still. And if we run, we better run with purpose. We truly better run with purpose. And most importantly, we have to call on him in order to gain our purpose. Amen. Do you love him, church? Do you love him like you say you do? If you love him like you say you do, no more running. Stop running. I don't know who that's for, but you need to stop running. Call on him. If you call on him, He'll give you your purpose. Come on, give God some praise. I'm done.